what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. The presence of God will only come in upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If it tries to come in any other way, if we try to bring it in on any other premise other than Christ and His finished work at Calvary, it will not work. You're putting it on a new car. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1, I'll read a little bit more scripture than I normally do. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1, Again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart, and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ohio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out from the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark, and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and timbrels, cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez-Uzzah unto this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning that question that David asked. How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I thank You for this honor and this privilege to be able to stand before Your people and to minister Your Word. I thank You for every person who is here, for everyone who may be listening by radio and the Internet as well. Lord, I ask that You move through this message today. Anoint me, Lord, to rightly divide this Word of truth. Lord, as I lean upon You today, 
Lord, form every word in my mouth. Lord, may needs be met, may questions be answered. Lord, may your people be drawn closer to you. Anoint your people today, O Lord, to hear and to hear correctly. Lord, that they might be drawn closer to you and grow in grace and, and in the knowledge of the Lord. And Lord, we are careful today to give you praise and glory for all that you have done. Lord, for all that you are going to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. David is now the king over all of Israel. The first thing he did in office was to take the stronghold of Jerusalem, which was taken over by the Jebusite people. By the help of the Lord, he was able to accomplish this task. And upon conquering Jerusalem, he made that his headquarters. And let me just stop right there before I go any further and say this. If you will allow the Lord Jesus Christ to have His way, if there is a stronghold in your life, and when I say stronghold, I'm talking about a particular sin that has a grip on you and you're struggling with that thing and you just can't seem to get over it. You can't stop. You can't quit. If you will let the Lord have His way in your heart and life, that thing that is a stronghold in your life, He'll make it a strong point in your life if you'll let Him do it. David took the stronghold of Zion. The Philistines came out after David upon hearing of him being anointed king over Israel. The Philistines gathered themselves twice to try to kill David, and the Lord delivered them into his hand. Hiram, the king of Tyre, heard that David was now anointed king. He came and sent messengers to David. He sent cedar trees, carpenters, and masons unto David, and they built him a house, a free house. David had everything that a man could want. The Bible said that he even took unto himself more wives and concubines and had children, sons, and daughters by them. David had arrived. He had everything that a man could want, but there was something missing. I wonder how many people under the sound of my voice today, they seem to have everything. They got plenty of money, nice house, fancy cars. Everything seems to be going well. But there's something missing. You can have fame and fortune. You can have all the materialistic things that this world can offer you. But those things will not fill the void that is within the heart and soul of mankind. Only God Almighty can fill that void. And something was missing. And David knew it. The ark of God 
symbolized the presence of God. There's a lot of history recorded in the Bible as it pertains to the tabernacle, the furniture, the ark of God. Do you realize more time and space is given over to the tabernacle, the ark of God, the candlestick made of gold, these particular furnishings, more time and space was dedicated to that than the creation of the world. God dedicated one chapter in the Bible to creating the world. But in the book of Exodus, he gives some ten chapters in how the tabernacle was to be built, the ark, and all of its furnishings. And there's more history recorded in the Word of God as it pertains to the ark. Now, I'm not going to give you all that history today. But I do want to share with you a couple of things that took place as it pertains to the history of the ark. That which signified the presence of God. Shortly after the tabernacle was built, and everything was set in its place, the Bible tells us in the book of Leviticus, the 10th chapter, that Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, the high priest, went in before the ark of God and they offered strange fire before the Lord. And fire came out from the ark and killed both of them on the spot. They offered strange fire. And the Holy Spirit told us in that story that these two men were drunk when they were offering up this fire. Strange fire, what is it? When God gave the instructions for the incense to be offered in the tabernacle, He gave explicit instructions on how it was to be carried out they were to take in their fire pan a coal from the altar of sacrifice which was located just outside the tabernacle the place where the sacrifice was offered up a type of the cross of christ and what jesus would do for us there they were to take a coal of fire from there take it into the holy place, place it on the table of worship, the table of incense, and pour incense over that coal of fire, and the smoke would fill the room, and it was pleasing to God. But they offered strange fire before the Lord. They took a coal of fire from some other type of ignition other than that, which was from the altar of sacrifice. There were plenty of fires that were going on around the tabernacle. Fires for heating up water to clean all the utensils. And I can go on, and maybe perhaps they took fire from there, but they did not follow God's divine order. And they took fire from some other ignition and offered strange fire, and God smote them on the spot. Graveyard dead. If we don't follow God's way, 
if we don't have the cross of Christ as the foundation of our worship, we will die. Seventy years prior to this of which I've just read to you today, the Philistines set their battle in array against Israel. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, took the ark of God, went into battle, and they treated it like some kind of magic talisman. And the Philistines killed 30,000 of the men of Israel, and they took the ark of God, and Hophni and Phinehas died. When word came back to Eli, the great high priest, that the ark of God had been taken, the Bible says that he fell backwards, broke his neck, and died. Phineas' wife, when she heard that the ark of God had been taken, she went into early labor. Her pains came upon her, and she gave birth to their son and called his name Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. And the Philistines took the ark of God, and they took it, and they placed it in their temple, the temple of Dagon. This idol that was half man, half fish. And they set the ark of God in there by their little idol. Closed up the temple. Came back in the next morning and Dagon had fell flat of his face on the floor in front of the ark of God. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. When they came in the next morning, they saw Dagon flat of his face. Must have been an earthquake. Set him back up again, closed up the temple, come back in the next day, and his head and his hands were chopped off. People started getting sick. So they took the ark of God and started sending it around to different villages there among the Philistines, and people were getting sick all over the place. So finally they decided, hey, let's take this ark and send it back to Israel. We're having a lot of bad trouble here with this thing. So they set it upon a new cart and sent it back to Israel. And Israel was glad to see it when the ark arrived. But the Bible tells us that When the ark arrived, some of the men opened it up and looked inside, and 50,000 men died because they looked inside the ark of God, that which represents the presence of God. And so they left the ark of God with Abinadab, Can we leave this ark with you? (laughs) I don't know. 50,000 people just died because of it. I don't know if I want that thing in my house or not. (laughs) But we're afraid of that that we don't understand. David now, 70 years later, has it in his heart to bring the ark of God into the city of Jerusalem. He has the tabernacle erected. 
they find all the furnishings and they set everything up. But David didn't know his history as it pertains to the ark. And the end result was disaster. And let me just stop right here for a minute and say this. Our nation has a lot of godly history. And our kids today are not being taught the proper history of this country. And the end result is going to be death. We're going to continue to lose more and more of our freedoms. Because we are allowing our history to be rewritten. And there's an agenda behind it. Oh, there's so much to be said there. But David didn't know his history. And they went to the house of Abinadab to find the ark. You can read it in the book of Psalms. It's Psalms 132, verse 6. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. Psalm 132, verse 6. Evidence is... Abinadab didn't want that in his house. 50,000 people had died because of it. And so he took the ark of God and he set it out in the middle of a field by the woods. And there it sat, unattended, for 70 years. You think about what I've just said. The ark of God, that which represents the presence of God, is left unattended out in the middle of a field with moss growing over top of it, weeds growing up all around it and nobody's giving it any attention. And Israel carried on business as usual, offering up their sacrifices and doing all of these things that they did. And they could care less that the ark of God was left in the middle of a field, unattended. That is an apt description of the modern church. How can you say that, Brother James? I can say it because Jesus, in the book of Revelation, when he spoke to the church at Laodicea, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is pictured standing outside the door of the church, knocking, trying to get in. Good grace and mercy, you can go into churches all across this country today and you'll see some of them filled, slam-packed. They're stacked in there like cordwood. Parking lot full of cars with their stained glass windows, padded pews or chairs with cup holders. You can find the church full of people and full of donuts and all kinds of other things. But where is the presence of God? Oh, good grace and mercy. The gospel today 
is more of a man-centered gospel than it is a God-centered gospel. Are you hearing me? What do you mean by that, Brother James? Well, we want, we want people. We want people in our churches. Well, I want people too. But I want the presence of God more than I want the people. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We got an entire denomination today that's arguing over the gender of God. We want God to be gender neutral because we want to appeal to a particular group of people and we don't want to offend anybody. But nobody cares about whether God is offended. I care more about what God thinks than what you think. And I appreciate the letters today and pastor appreciation. Thank you so very, very much. But I'm going to step on your toes when it comes time to step on your toes. If I don't do it, I won't be a pastor. And I'll have to stand before God and give an account. You got to do what this book says do. And I want the presence of God. I want the presence of God in this church. When people ride by, I want them to stop. Because they feel something, they sense something. When you run across this radio station and you hear this preacher preaching, you just stop. And things are said and your toes have stepped on, but you can't turn it because the presence of God is there. That's what I want. I want His presence more than I do people. But for 70 years... Israel carried on business as usual. And the presence of God was left out in the field. They could care less. They found it. The ark. More than likely it was still sitting on the same cart that the Philistines had built. Seventy years of being out in the weather had taken its toll. That cart was all to pieces. The wood had rotted. The termites had gotten up in it. But the ark of God was still all right. Because it was the presence of God. And let me just say this about that. What man makes will go to the bad. But what God originates will always be there. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. I said, that which comes from the heart of man and is made by man, it'll go to the bad. But what God says will never go to the bad. And so what did they do? They built a new cart. And they set the ark of God on a new cart that was fashioned after the Philistines. Let me say this. It's perfectly fine for the world out here to copy the church. 
But it is not all right when the church tries to copy the world. Did you hear what I said? It's fine for the world to copy us. But it's not all right for us to copy the world. And God help us today. We don't have preachers anymore. We've got Hollywood that is setting the moral tone for the church today. They build a new cart. The church today is full of new carts. Let's change that cart up a little bit. We want that cart to be more of a traditional cart. Brother James, our cart needs to be original free will Baptist. The Pentecostals say that cart needs to be Pentecostal, James. We got some, oh, good grace of mercy. God help me here. We got some churches that want to put the ark of God on a horse. Cater toward a certain group of people. We've got some that want to put the ark of God on the back of a motorcycle. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? He that has an ear, let him hear. Well, Brother James, we want to bring the presence of God in and appeal to this modern generation, and we want to put it on the top of a brand-new 2018 Camaro. We want to appeal to this particular group of people over here, and we want to put it on top of a, an old 86 Caprice Classic with a set of 22 rims on it with a nice sound system in there that's thumping hard. Is anybody hearing me? I want you to get this picture. No matter what the cart looks like, here you have the ark of God, that which is ordained of God, sitting on top of that which is made by man. And that which is made by man is always going to appeal to a particular group of people. I don't want Friendship Church appealing to one particular group of people. I want it to appeal to everyone. I want it to appeal to the senior citizens. I want it to appeal to the younger folks. We will not direct this church toward one particular group of people. We will direct this church toward all people. And the gospel is for all people because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all people need the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a senior citizen gospel. It's a new folks gospel. It's a, it's a Spanish gospel. It's a gospel for all people. We had some folks to visit here a few weeks ago from Arizona. What they told me was very revealing. They've been to a lot of churches around here in our area. Said we had no idea the church was segregated like it is. Out in Arizona. We had all races going to church. It's not a black man's gospel. It's not a white man's gospel. It's a everybody's gospel. And let me tell you this. We've got a housing development going in right up the road. And if you think all white folks is going in up there, you've got another thing coming. And that church door needs to be open for Spanish folks. I don't care who they are, what their nationality is. The gospel is for all people. And I'm not directing this 
toward any one particular group of people. I direct it toward everybody, young and old alike. They set the ark of God upon a new cart, built it after the fashion of the Philistines. I want you to catch this. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. 2 Samuel 6, verse 5. The Bible says, And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir, wood, harps, psalteries, timbrels, cornets, cymbals. There was a lot of activity going on. A lot of good praise and worship music going on. But you can have a lot of good music and activity going on in a church. And there be things wrong there. And it spelled disaster. You see, we've got churches today, and sad to say even in our own denomination, who have took out songs that have the blood, sin, the cross, any of those types of songs are being removed. We'll not sing those kind of songs in our church. Again, because it might offend somebody. And churches are being built upon that foundation. We want all contemporary music. We want all praise and worship music. But we don't want anything about the cross and the blood. I don't have a problem with contemporary music. But the foundation had better be the cross of Christ. Don't the end result. It's going to spell disaster. But all this activity going on. And then they came to Nashon's threshing floor. The threshing floor is the place where the grain would be shook violently in order to break it loose from the husk, the shaft. All of the flesh has to be removed or God will not accept it. Let me say that again. God will not accept the flesh. The flesh has to be removed. And they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And all of us will come to that threshing floor. The threshing floor pressure is applied to the grain to break it loose from the chaff. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, the oxen hit a rut. In the road, and the cart shook, and Uzzah put forth his hand to steady the ark of God, and God smote him dead on the spot. You say, well, Brother James, I don't understand that, and I don't agree with that. The man was just trying to help. I'll try to be as kind as I can. But God don't need your help. He chooses to use us. And thank God, He does. 
But He don't need you. But He chooses to use you. And what a privilege it is to be used of God. And Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and it killed him. God has a divine order. And if we don't follow accordingly, the end result will not be very pleasing. And the Bible says that David was very displeased. So, they knock on the door of Obed-Edom. Mr. Edom, yes, sir. We're out here in the process of transporting the ark of God to Jerusalem, and we've had a little incident out here. Well, what's going on? Well, Uzzah put his hand, touched the ark, and he it killed him. And David don't want to go any further with it. Do you mind if we leave this ark with you? <laughs> I can hear him now. <laughs> what did I do to David? So you want to take that thing that just killed a man, you want to put it in my house. Yeah, that's right. And this is the word from, from David, the king. Yeah, that's right. Well, you go back and tell David I voted for him. <laughs> I hadn't done anything wrong to David. But at the king's word, I'll let it stay. So they brought the ark in. Set it down. Three months later, word comes to David that God is blessing the house of Obed-Edom. If you'll do this thing God's way, and His way is always the cross. If you'll do it God's way, it'll be a great blessing to you. But if you don't do it God's way, the end result will be death. And God blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And you say, well, why did God bless it? Well, let me tell you, what would you do if they had left something that dangerous in your house and you found out it just killed somebody? Wouldn't you want to? I can see Obed-Edom right now. He's Googling it. What do I need to do about the ark? How do I need to treat it so that I don't get killed? So he found out how he was to treat the ark of God. and David did a little research himself. Found out that the ark of God was supposed to be carried upon the shoulders of the priest. They would take two rods and stick it through the rings on the sides of the ark. And it was supposed to be carried upon the shoulders of the priest. The priest is a type of Christ. Our great high priest. The presence of God will only come in upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If it tries to come in any other way, if we get our focus on contemporary music, if we get our focus on original free will Baptist doctrine, if we try to bring it in on any other premise other than Christ and His finished work at Calvary, it will not work. You're putting it on a new cart. David brushed up on his history. 
he got the priest. They went and got the ark. And they brought it into the city. And the Bible says there was great joy in all of Israel. And the Bible says that David danced before the Lord. I want the presence of God. I want the presence of God here. When you come in this door, you may have problems that are upon your shoulders from what's going on in the world out here. But when you leave, I want you to leave with joy and gladness because you've been in the presence of God. But there's only one way to have God's presence. And that is, it has to be Christ in His finished work. Do you realize that every 18 feet, David offered up a sacrifice? Every 18 feet, a sacrifice was offered. All of it typified Christ in His finished work at Calvary. You say, Brother James, that's, that's a little overboard. That's a little bit extravagant. Friend, when it comes to the finished work of Christ, you can't go overboard. You can't get too extravagant. It's only upon that premise that we can have the presence of God. How shall the ark of God come unto me? It's only through and by the finished work of Christ. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina. Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Mm-hmm.